Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to Chasing Light, and I am your host, Mary Van Amy. If this is your first time tuning in, I am so glad to have you. And if it's not your first time, then that makes me even happier. But today's topic is a little hard, I think, um, and it's much more common than I believed it was. It's definitely going to help me by talking about it, so I hope that if you are experiencing something similar, that it helps you out as well. So go ahead and sit back, relax, and we will get started. So if you are following me on Instagram and you're part of my mighty little community, then you already know what the topic is for today. And much to my surprise, there was only one person who voted no on the poll about having had a friend break up. There were 34 people that said yes and one person said no. And while I realize that isn't like an astronomical number, that is still something to talk about. And if you aren't following me on Instagram, all that information will be in the description of this episode. I encourage you to follow, not only because I would love to connect with you, but because I like to involve you guys in these episodes, and especially for the mini-sodes. But today, I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about my friend breakup. And truthfully, it's like one of the only ones that I've had. So my best friend Deidre has been in my life for 17 years now. I think we met in the second grade. So yeah, like 17 years. And she is my ride or die forever and ever. Amen. And she's amazing. But having that longtime friendship doesn't mean that I haven't also wanted to have other friendships. You're allowed to have more than one friend and you're allowed to have more than one best friend. I only have one best friend, but I have many friends. Maybe I shouldn't say many because it's really not a lot. (laughs) My circle keeps shrinking and shrinking, but There was someone in my life who I met in college, and if you're listening from my hometown, I went to IUSB, so, you know, you pretty much know a majority of people when you go there, but this particular person I didn't know, and I don't know how I didn't know her before because we had so many mutuals, and it was just kind of crazy. When we met, it was just like, oh my god, where have you been my whole life kind of thing, and it was very exciting, and excuse me, my allergies are terrible, and it's been raining the last week here in Texas, so the pollen is just everywhere. Um, But her and I, just for sake of this uh, episode and, you know, respecting her and keeping everything confidential, I'm just going to call her Sam. That's not her name, um, but I'm going to call her Sam. So Sam and I met freshman year in like a math class. It was like the intro math class for idiots (laughs) that can't do math. Um... So I met her there, and like I said, it was one of those, like, where have you been all my life type of friendships. So we hit it off, and, you know, we'd been hanging out, going to dinner, like, just doing regular things that girlfriends do together. And we talked almost every day. We would FaceTime when we were getting ready for class. We'd meet up on campus. Like, she really was one of my best friends. And to this day, she probably still knows more about me than a lot of people do. My hope is that she hasn't shared that with other people, but that's not in my control anymore. So um, let's see, I graduated in 2018. So we were friends for probably like three and a half years, maybe three years by the time like we had actually met. And we had gotten super close for a while. I was one of her like only trusted confidants. And we related on a lot of things on a familial level. She came from a divorced family. I don't. However, there are things that I've dealt with within my own life that were very similar to some of the experiences that she was having in her home life. So things like that brought us really closer together and closer on a level that a lot of other people may not be able to understand. 
and like coming from a divorced home that's very common lots of people understand that but it was like down to some of like the nitty-gritty things and you know the ways people were talking to her and I experienced a lot of that growing up and that's not to say my family sucks because they don't they're the most amazing people ever but we all go through shit is what I'm getting at and her and I we sometimes would like fall off because she worked a lot. We were both in relationships and, you know, if you don't know, I traveled every single week down two hours to Purdue to be with Steven. So our schedules often didn't line up unless we, you know, had a break in our classes or, you know, we can make one evening work where she wasn't working or something or serving or whatever it was. So everything was all fine and dandy and there would be times where you know we'd just get really busy and maybe for a couple of weeks we would lose touch but I mean that's expected as adults or people entering adulthood like you start to lose time for those things that you used to prioritize and that's not to say we shouldn't prioritize friendships because we should but I mean if you're listening to this like you understand how hard it is to get your schedule to line up with one person, let alone many people. So there'd be times where we'd have that. I wouldn't say it's a falling out, but we would just have those times where we wouldn't really talk. We wouldn't be able to connect, but we'd always come back together. And toward the end of our friendship, there was a time where we weren't talking for months. And, you know, I was getting ready, going through different transitions. Like she had dropped out of college and went to Cosmo. So she had a way different schedule and I was in the hardest, busiest semester of my entire career. And those classes, <laughs> they were terrible, but it was like my most dense classes. I decided to just take them all together and get it over with. And while I don't regret the path that I paved for myself, I think that it affected some things in unexpected ways, mainly this friendship. So Sam and I kind of fell off and I remember the day that she texted me. Because she had gotten engaged to her boyfriend, and um, I found out through social media. She didn't even tell me, and it's whatever. Like, I don't care. It's easier to put it on social media than to text people individually, but as someone who's being called someone's best friend and all these other things, it was kind of hurtful, and I think that's understandable. So I remember the day that she texted me. I was sitting on my mom's kitchen counter, and it was just a very cold winter day, and... She had reached out and was kind of talking about her um, upcoming wedding and was expressing to me that her cousin, who was hoping to be engaged soon to her boyfriend, was feeling a little bit of jealousy toward her and just kind of being catty. So we hadn't talked for months, but of course I was going to be there for her. And she was telling me about things and essentially what I told her is that people should be happy to be in your wedding in any way that you want them to be. And... I feel like that kind of set me up for what she ended up doing to me and we would talk here and there and maybe it wasn't winter. I feel like it was more springtime because our like full on falling out was during the summer of last year. But anyways, those little details don't really matter. Um, so we would talk and she basically the conversation was to figure out where we were at and basically if. She was like asking if I even wanted to be her friend anymore. And I apologized for my lack of communication and just like not having time to do anything because like I only had four days home, three and a half days home really with my mom. I didn't get to see my dad's on weekends because he's a trucker, is gone during the week and I'd be gone on the weekends to see Steven. So I started to prioritize my family because I knew I'd be moving away eventually. And that was time with them that I didn't want to miss out on. So I tried to kind of explain that to her and she understood it, but still was salty. And I was like, whatever, this really isn't my 
issue to digest because this is my life, but I'm here to make this friendship work. So we made dinner plans for like two nights later and a couple hours before I was getting ready to like get ready and go out, she called and canceled on me. And it was like financially related, so I could understand it because, I mean, it's hard to be in the adult world while you're in college or in school of any kind. So I was like, whatever. I just, you know, took it with a grain of salt. And I'm kind of thankful that it happened that way because I haven't seen her in, I don't know, maybe like a year and a half or so at this point, two years. I don't even, I honestly don't even know the last time I saw her. But I think that not seeing her made what was going to happen eventually much, much easier. And, um, it just, thinking back to it, all of it just seems so surreal still. So the initial dinner date to get our friendship back on track didn't happen. And to be honest, I didn't really care either way because we were in a weird spot and I feel like a lot of it might've been awkward and us like rehashing things, but you know, if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. And either way, I was going to be able to live with that because I knew that I was doing everything that I was able to in my own life to make everything work. And it's not up to me to force somebody to meet me halfway. So I wasn't going to try and force it. So like I let her know what worked for me to reschedule and I just never heard back from her. She didn't reciprocate any of that. So we, I don't know, there's probably a little bit of time where we weren't talking, but this is probably like the very beginning of 2018 when all this is happening and her wedding still isn't until later this year in 2019. So she was trying to get ahead on planning and every day I would get a text and it would be from Sam and it wouldn't even say hey or anything. It'd be like, can you do this or I need this. And in the phone conversation I referenced earlier where she was expressing her concern about her cousin, um, she had, you know, up until that point and at that point, she was telling me she wanted, to be, wanted me to be her maid of honor. So I was like, okay, I didn't really think anything of it because she hadn't officially asked me, but she was starting to plan things with me and kept reiterating how badly she wanted me to be, to, wanted me to be part of that in any way that I was able to. And like, that feels amazing. Like my friend Tori, who was on an episode with me, I shot her wedding for her and her husband and like it was the most amazing experience ever and like Tori and I are really great friends but being able to like do that like never expecting on any sort of basis at all to be in her wedding that was a fucking honor and I love them to death they're amazing so don't get me wrong I loved what I did but um it came to a point with Sam where she'd be asking me for contacts for vendors that I knew um, ways to find things to do cheaper, asking me to create a Pinterest board for decorations and for bridal party and for the bridal shower and for the whole setup that she was going to have on her property and f- asking me where she could get tables and chairs and all of these things that a person in the wedding party or a maid of honor is supposed to do. If you are in the wedding, that's not your job. That's not something you have to worry about. And I can say that because my sister has been married. I participated in Tori's wedding and I'm not an idiot. Like you don't just ask people that are going to be guests in your wedding to help you plan it unless it's like a family member, but like family doesn't count. You know what I mean? Like you don't just ask a friend that you're not going to involve to do those things. So being the person that I am, I just kind of went with it and I gave her all of the best contacts and knowledge to the best of my ability. But there came a point where I kind of stood up to her because I would quit responding or I would be short and I expressed my frustration and um, 
she had the nerve to ask someone else to be her maid of honor, didn't tell me about it, and I found out on social media, which hurts more than seeing her engagement without being told as your quote-unquote best friend, but whatever. Um, And yeah, so she didn't tell me, and I found out on social media, and I asked her about it, and she kind of just went off into defense mode, which is understandable. Like, you shouldn't have anybody questioning your decisions for your day. However, when you are making these, like, half-assed promises to people, you have to expect conflict. So I asked her about it, and... She's like, well, there have been so many people that have been hurt and all these other friends and blah, blah, blah. So it's like the way that she explained how she made her decisions and how so many other people were already upset with her made me feel like I was like the bottom of the totem pole and not even thought about it all, which actually became very abundantly clear to me weeks later. So I kind of took that with a grain of salt and she ended up messaging me. And I didn't respond to something and I was telling Steven so much like how badly annoyed I was and just how hurt I was that it felt like she was just using me for contacts and information and that's all it really was. It didn't go deeper than that. She just wanted what I knew. And Sam ended up asking me um, if I would shoot her wedding. And I was like, okay, um, first of all, like you already know I'm shooting Tori's wedding and she brought Tori into it as well, which was the fucked up part. And Tori is actually one of our, well, she's my friend. She's no longer a mutual. But at one point, she was a mutual between me and Sam. And she's like, well, you shot Tori's wedding. I just figured I would ask you because she's your friend too and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Sam, you literally, (laughs) you told me you wanted me to be your maid of honor. You asked somebody else. And then I feel like all you're doing is texting me, asking me for favors or to do a job for you. And then you're going to ask me to work at your wedding? Like, no, I straight up told her no. And I'm scrolling through my phone right now because I actually still have her messages on my phone. And they're dated 7-5-18. So I guess it was a little bit later than I remember. But it ended up getting really ugly. And, you know, I, I had reservations about even standing up to her because I didn't want to cause anything. I didn't want to add any stress to, um, you know, her planning and everything else. Uh, but what ended up happening was I'm scrolling through, like, I got to scroll like 10 times to get through (laughs) the messages that she sent me. My goodness. But, um, like, I understand she had a lot of things going on, but I don't think that she handled it in the way that was respectful toward me because I was trying to give her respect and understanding and just be there for her in any capacity that I could because our friendship is already kind of teetering. I thought we made up and everything was good to go on her end, and then everything just was not what I thought it was going to be. And it turned out that um, she ended up calling me and she was screaming at me, literally like inaudibly screaming at me at the top of her lungs. She was cussing me out and I was driving. I was trying to get to work and I ended up having to scream, Sam, I am no longer like listening to you yell at me. I am driving my fucking car and I would rather not crash it having you scream at me and hung up on her. And she would call me back incessantly like I was her boyfriend breaking up with her. And it was very stressful, and I kind of had to just eliminate myself from that situation entirely. And one of the last things that she said to me, which I didn't respond because I wasn't going to give her that satisfaction, um, she literally said verbatim, okay, Mary, um, where where is it? Oh my goodness. Um, What the fuck do you want me to say to get it through your damn head that I'm sorry that I have made mistakes? Don't bother responding, blah, 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 blah. So I didn't respond and like the text went on and on and on and you know 
I stood up for myself, which I think everybody should do. I don't think that you should let people walk on you. And for so long in my life, that's all I let people do. I let people make decisions for me. I let them walk all over me. I let them take advantage of me mentally, emotionally, physically. I was a puppet for so fucking long and I was tired of it. And I was tired of letting my friends get the best of me to suck my energy from me and leave me with nothing positive to put into my personal life or to give to Steven or to give to my family. So I stood the fuck up for myself and did it backfire? I don't really think so. Because at the end of the day, the issues that are going on or were going on, I should say, within this friendship lie within her. There was nothing that I did that wasn't met with like true understanding or effort or, you know, love or caring or anything like that on my end. I genuinely had her best interest at heart throughout the entire thing, but all she could do was cuss at me and tell me I was wrong and tell me all the things that I wasn't doing. And I'm like, you are clearly, you're reading things and they're like going straight through the back of your head because you're not processing any of it. You're not understanding how you are ruining multiple friendships, but how you literally pretty much gave me a promise of being your maid of honor talked about it so many times reiterated how bad you wanted me to be with you and part of your wedding and then you're gonna suck information from me and ask me to work at it and expect me to be okay with that that shit don't fly becky (laughs) like it it was really hard for me for a while i would cry about it and i would wake up with severe anxiety steven would be getting up getting ready for work And I'd be laying in bed, just like rocking back and forth from right to left on my back and like in the fetal position, shaking, crying, feeling like I'm going to puke and not being able to explain any of it to a point where like I would have to walk like pace around our 500 square foot apartment and like deep breathe so that I could get through the next minute. Like, and I didn't realize for so long that what was keeping me awake and what was waking me up feeling so anxious was her. And it was my inability to really accept the apology that I was never going to get and still haven't gotten, probably never will, and figure out how to pick myself up and keep going. And thank God for Deidre, who I mentioned in the beginning of this episode. She's been in my life for 17 years. She knows me like the back of her hand, okay? Like, there is not a single person on this planet that knows me like Deidre does, or Steven, for that matter. But Deidre especially, because, you know... When you got a girlfriend that you've had for that long, they know literally everything. They're more like a sister. So I remember reaching out to her and telling her about it. And some of the things that she said really made me cry because she just validated me. And she helped me to realize that I did everything that I was able to in my capacity within my scope of my values and my intentions. And just reiterated that it's not my loss. And that reminded me of things that Abraham Hicks talks about. And if you don't listen to Abraham Hicks, I'm going to give you a little piece of her advice. So I don't really know how to describe Abraham Hicks other than like a healing, holistic kind of person. She's like a a motivational speaker, but in the more spiritual, universal sense. Um, Yeah, I really don't know what to call her, but she's amazing. Um, And you can listen to her, like, you can search on YouTube and just search Abraham Hicks and you'll find all sorts of videos and things. But one of the main things that I have taken away from Abraham Hicks, and it's actually a very hard lesson to learn, um, and I realized that I was kind of on that journey of learning what it really meant far before this situation with Sam ever happened. Um, But Abraham Hicks um, explains that the people in our lives that show us negativity or don't support us 
or drop us, um, you know, in the at random, like Sam did to me, um, that they're doing us a favor. And I know that sounds crazy because it sounded crazy to me too. <laughs> um, but the more you think about it, the more you realize it is a positive experience. And though it may suck to have to break up with a friend and to really just cut the cord, like I have her on do not disturb. So if she ever does try to contact me, I'm not going to know until I open my messages app and that's fine. You know, and that's how I want it to be. I'm not going to block her, but I'm also never going to reach out to her on my own. And I don't expect her to do it either. But in essence, what happened was her doing me a favor. And though it slapped me in the face and it wrecked me in a lot of ways as a friend, it made me stronger and it made me better. And it made me more aware of the people that I keep closest to me. And it made me more aware of how easily I trust and take people back. And if you know me personally, which probably there's maybe three of you that would even know, like, I can't not give people multiple chances. I shouldn't say can't not. Um, I have a tendency to give people multiple chances, but I'm working on it. However, Abraham Hicks teaches us that these people are doing us a favor and they're walking out of our lives for a reason. They weren't meant to be there for us. They weren't meant there to empower or uplift us. Maybe they were for a very brief time, but they were never meant to be in it long term with us on our journey. And I think that's a very tough pill to swallow because like I said on my stories yesterday on my live video, we want to believe the best in people. We want to believe that people are being their most authentic, true selves. However, <clears throat> excuse me, however, it's not always the case. And when it's not the case from somebody that you really love and care about, it's devastating. And it took me months to not think about it and to not think about the ways that she hurt me or the things that she said to me. And I would revisit the texts and just be completely baffled that I was spoken to in such a way by somebody who claimed I was so high on their priority list as a quote unquote best friend. And I think that might be a term that gets too loosely thrown around, but Abraham Hicks reminds us that in order for us to have success, to have a fulfilling, meaningful life, and to be surrounded by wholesome people that strive to make us better every day, we have to let these people go. We have to let them teach us those lessons. We have to let them show themselves to the door. And once they get there, we cannot welcome them back into our home. Our bodies are our homes, our minds are our temples, and it is up to us to really take care of that, to nurture it, and to make sure it's the most positive, vibrant, loving space in the entire universe. We are stuck in our bodies until we die, in case you didn't know. <laughs> so until that happens, we are here, and we have to make the most of the cards that were dealt and the physical life that we are living, and there's really nothing that we can do about that you know, one day we'll transcend and we'll, you know, get born into a different kind of life, a different sort of light and new energy. But right now, the here and the right now is all that we can control. So if you are experiencing something that's similar to what I just shared with you, first know that my heart goes out to you. I wish I could come give you a hug because I know how much it hurts. And I know how long it takes to get over something like that. And I know that it's baffling and it's unexplainable. But I can tell you with full confidence because I lived it and I've done the work, it gets better. You will be a better person because of it. You will be stronger. And like Abraham Hicks teaches us, once those people exit our lives, we have made room for who is meant to be in our lives. 
you have to always reevaluate your circle, reevaluate your friendships. If you have fears of outgrowing your circle, then you need to get a new circle. It is always wise to have people that are maybe one or two levels above you in life so that you always have motivation. You always have something to strive for, someone to learn from. You won't really get anywhere in life except for your stagnant position if you are always teaching people in your circle that are below you what life is about. You cannot teach that to anybody. They have to experience it on their own, just like we have to experience these friend breakups and people walking out of our lives. And in some cases, it's a major breakup, like a romantic relationship, or maybe it's a breakup with somebody in your family. Whatever the case may be, even if it's just for a short period of time or maybe for a couple of years where you have no contact with this specific person, great. You may one day be able to work yourselves back to each other you know, if you feel you've done the growth and you've leveled up in your own life and they've done the same and there is a healthy place for you two to meet, go for it. But that's not always the case. Sometimes we will never hear from these people again. And I know that's heartbreaking and it's hard to grasp and it's hard to really um, soak in as reality, but it's the truth. And I think it's important we remember that we are our own beings and we are in control of our experience. Whether you believe in God, Allah, the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, there is already a path paved for every single one of us on this earth. Every single one of us. All we can do is live right now. And that's another thing that Abraham Hicks was talking about. My friend Daisy, who will be a guest on one of these episodes very soon, told me that right now is now is now. Tomorrow never happens because it is always right now. And all we can live in and all we can control is right now. Isn't that fucking crazy? (laughs) Tomorrow never comes because we are always living in the present moment. So it's up to us to really curate that experience and make sure that when we wake up in the moment, we're happy. We don't have things that are stressful that we have to tend to. We don't have toxicity in our lives, on our social media, in our homes. We can just wake up in the present moment ready to fucking crush our goals, ready to just be the best versions of ourselves and not have negative people or situations weighing us down or holding us back. So just like you need to be reevaluating your friendships and worrying about being under people that are a little bit more leveled up, we got to think about that too. We have to think about what makes us the most confident, the most healthy, the happiest, the most productive. And those are things that we need to implement within our days. We don't longer need to be giving our energy to the people that can't even reciprocate the words that they're telling to you. And that's another thing I talked about on my live video. People can say all that they want. They can write all they want. And they may be able to actually speak their truth in some form. But that doesn't mean that they're living their truth. And I truly believe that that is part of um, what's at the root of this breakup between Sam and I. That she is not living her truth. And maybe she didn't want to be friends with me all along, but knew that I had a creative career and knew a lot of people that could help her out. Or maybe she just was blinded to everything that she was doing. That's something I'll never know because I don't know her truth. She wasn't living her truth while in a friendship with me. And I think that's the best favor that we can do ourselves and anybody else in this life. Excuse me. Oh my goodness is living our truth 110 fucking percent because we all go through it. There are 30 some people that voted on my poll saying that they have broken up with a friend before. So if you, whatever situation you're going through and you think that you're alone, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever you are that's listening, you are not alone. It is 
quite actually the polar opposite. And all it takes is living your truth and being exuberant and confident enough to relay that to other people, to share it with other people. Because when we heal and we help other people heal, we are all collectively healing. Hurt people hurt people, but healed people help heal people. Empowered people empower other people. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot to learn. I'm only 23 and I have lived a full life of grief, of loss, of abandonment, of blindsides. I've lived it all and I am not even a quarter of the way through my lifetime. So I just want to reiterate to you, if you're going through a friend breakup, keep on moving because there are so many amazing things that are going to open up for you by letting that person go or letting those people go. Maybe it's a group of people that you need to completely ditch. But whatever the case may be, just remember what Abraham Hicks teaches us. And that is we have to let those people go if we want to make room for the people that are meant to be there, that are meant to lift us up, to empower us, and to make us the best versions of ourselves. I hope that you enjoyed this uh, episode. If you relate on any sort of level, please do not hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram or email me. You can email chasinglightpodcast at gmail if that's what you want. But the one thing that I have noticed is that more and more people are becoming more comfortable about sharing their truth. I reached out to two girls this morning that basically were like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But yes, I am on a healing journey. And I think it's important that we take a second and we stop. We slow down. We let the chaos of the world ensue around us. Just think of like a cartoon character maybe or just like one of those movie scenes where everything is spinning so fast around one person, that person is stagnant. That stagnant person is you and the chaos that's moving around you is the negativity that needs to weed itself out. And you need to just reel yourself back in, look at yourself in the mirror, remind yourself of your worth, your intelligence, your capabilities and the things that you deserve in your life and do not fucking settle for anything less than that. That is your homework for this week and on. It's daily work, but I promise that you will become the best version of yourself if you continue to be selfish and to put yourself first. Being selfish is not a bad thing. If we are not selfish, we cannot serve ourselves well and we cannot serve our friends well. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and keep chasing the light.